Greetings. There is strength in the darkness. That's the title of today's message. You know, the 30, 1930s and 40s were the home of the classic monster movies featuring the ever-popular, heavily made-up stars such as Boris Karloff, Bela Lugosi, and Lon Chaney Jr. You know the movies, Dracula, The Mummy, The Wolfman, and of course, Frankenstein. They were revived over and over again and were the favorites of many moviegoers. Then, in the 50s and 60s, moviegoers were introduced to radioactive dinosaurs, alien behemoths, and prehistoric caterpillars. They were relentless and seemingly indestructible. Remember the scenes of the city of Tokyo being reduced to rubble? Yes, that's right. Rodan, Mothra, Ghidra, and of course Godzilla, and as the Japanese say, Godzilla. They gained popularity over the years and gained international prominence. But you know what? Before any of these terrors roamed freely across the movie screens, there was another powerful foursome that brought about widespread destruction in the human heart, leaving in their wake countless victims. They are the four invaders that we have been preparing for in this series. Four life-choking parasites that have become lodged in the heart, killing relationships, our faith, and our character. These destructive forces gain their strength in the darkness, and their greatest ally is secrecy. When left unchecked, they, get, they grow in power and influence and will eat you up inside. But you see in this series that these parasites lose their power when they are exposed to light. The light of truth is the ultimate weapon used to defeat them. So let's meet the dangerous four. Guilt, anger, greed, and jealousy. Just looking at them may make you shiver. And in case you're wondering why lust was left off the list, well, it was left off intentionally because lust is not a problem to be solved, but rather an appetite to be managed. An appetite created by God, after all. And uh, we'll be taking a look at lust later on in the series, but here's something to think about. Lust is actually a good thing within the right relationship. A single dynamic fuels all four of these dangerous invaders that made it to our hit list. And it's this dynamic that makes them so problematic. In order for you to defeat each of these parasites and leave them powerless in your life, the first step has to, to be to understand this foundational dynamic. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be... Uh, uh, unveiling, unmasking these four invaders, and then later on in the series, we will be showing you how to defeat them. So again, the first step has to be to understand this foundational dynamic. Guilt, anger, greed, and jealousy each results in a debt-to-debtor dynamic that causes an imbalance in any relationship. Come on, you know this is true. Have you ever owed someone money or had money owed to you? What lingers around no matter what else is going on? That's right, the debt 
is always in the room. Most times, the one that is owed the money has the upper position in the relationship. But it can also go the other way. I mean, if you were ever in a situation where you were owed money by someone who refused to pay, you most likely felt as powerless and infringed upon as the debtor. Everything depends upon the personalities involved, of course, and the level of arrogance of those involved. Someone always has the upper hand. There is always an imbalance. An overdue debt that is most likely not going to be paid back will increase the amount of tension experienced. Now, everyone involved may be trying to keep cool and may be trying to deflect the conversation, but let's face it, the negative atmosphere will be felt by all. Let me introduce you to invader number one, namely guilt. Guilt says, I owe you. And uh, when we have done something that we perceive as wrong, the result is guilt. Every wrong we do can be defined as an act of theft. If I steal from you, then what? I owe you. So the message from a heavy heart burdened with guilt is always, I owe you. Now let's consider a very common issue in today's social society, unfortunately. Uh, the man who leaves his wife and family and runs off with another woman. It is most likely a reality that at the time of decision, this man doesn't realize that he in fact has stolen uh, that he in fact has stolen something from every member of the family. What do I mean? Well, he has stolen his wife's first marriage. He has robbed her of her future, her financial security, uh, maybe her reputation even as a wife. And what about the kids? Well, they just had their father stolen. He has robbed them of family traditions, including those that families normally enjoy on those special holidays. They have also had their emotional and financial security robbed from them, as well as the very important family dinners. Kids especially are robbed of so much. Now the usual thinking on the part of the culprit is not about what he has taken. No, he thinks about what he has gained. But, eventually, his young daughter may ask him why he doesn't love mommy anymore. Now his heart gets stirred up, and what seeps in? Guilt. So the average guy, now caught in this situation, will find himself overusing those three little words that we hear all the time. Make it up. You know, how do you make it up to your kids? What's there to make up? I mean, how do you make up for being absent? How do you make up for that which was taken away? The inclination now is to try to replace something that was taken with something else. Anyone who has been in this situation knows and will quickly confirm that the only way to make up for Dad not being there to tuck his kids in at night is for Dad to go home and tuck his kids in at night. Nothing can replace that. Nothing. It has been stolen, clear and simple. So Dad owes. The debt to debt 
the debt-to-debtor relationship where dynamic kicks in and the debt-to-debtor relationship has been established. Let me say that again. The debt-to-debtor dynamic kicks in and a debt-to-debtor relationship has been established. Any time that you or I wrong another person, the same dynamic is established. Guilt always says, I owe you. And what do you usually hear when this dynamic kicks in? We've actually coined the terminology for guilt resolution. I owe her an apology. Sound familiar? How many times have you heard that one or something similar to that? Why do we owe someone an apology? The answer again is very simple. Our hearts tell us that we took something, that we are now debtors in one way or another. And the only way to make things right is to pay up. Even if our only recourse are words like, I'm sorry, in our hearts we feel an obligation to pay something back. A guilty heart burdened with guilt will never be relieved. That burden will never be lifted until we pay the debt. People will often make attempts to take an easier route by trying to work it off or serve it off, give it off, and yes, even pray it off. But you know what? Good deeds, community service, charitable giving, or even going to church can never relieve the guilt. Debt is debt. So the only way a burdened heart can get relief is by having the debt either paid or canceled. See you next time.